0: director of our New York City-based anti-trafficking organization, Beauty for Freedom, and co-host of Breaking Distance, our podcast with the mission of connecting communities while igniting change. And today I'm so excited. We have such a special guest, Arnell Christie, uh, a freelance multimedia journalist focusing on international development issues and a filmmaker with a passion for understanding people's perspectives and telling their stories. Now, this is the fifth Episode in a multi part series on Breaking Distance on race, art, and everything in between, where we bring stories that uplift diverse communities and investigate systemic racism plaguing our world today and throughout history. And thank you so much for joining us today, Darnell. You're a true Renaissance man. I know I haven't done your bio proper justice, but I'd love for you to expand on your bio. And also please, you know, uh, speak about your podcast, Darnell Responds, and also your video log, Black in Columbia.
1: First of all, thank you Monica. I just want to say thank you for having me on your your platform. It's honestly a pleasure to be here and I'm just great that um you know I'm able to kind of connect with like-minded people and you know get to kind of spread a positive positive message. So thank you so much for for you for bringing me onto this. Honestly, it's the greatest pleasure. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, as you sort of alluded to, um I'm a journalist at the moment and I'm um, Working on quite a a few projects, but um, as you mentioned, I do have a podcast called Darnell Responds where it's um, sort of a, a newsy type podcast, but also just kind of touching on different issues, different societal issues, where it's just sort of a nice space for people to kind of chat, I guess, and get to hear different ideas and that sort of thing. So a lot of my work really just is about looking at society in different ways and kind of giving people... You know perhaps you wouldn't necessarily have the platform or chance to kind of speak about their experiences
0: i mean i actually found you by happenstance seeing an article that you wrote recently and i wanted to reach out to you for this specific reason the black experience in media you know we spoke about this the other day and the challenges and how you feel you have to make yourself more appealing or palatable or acceptable So that you can compete for those stories or opportunities your white counterparts may not have to struggle so hard or become malleable themselves to be awarded so i'd love for you to speak on that experience i think it's it's a really important perspective
1: i think it's a thing that a lot of people not necessarily just black people but you know people who aren't necessarily part of the dominant society Kind of have to conform to a lot, especially if you're looking for sort of opportunities within different industries, trying to get a chance to, you know, get your foot through some doors. And what I mean by sort of conforming in a way, the sort of way that people you might present yourself, for example. So if I'm going to do a job interview or something, or you know, I'm I'm have I'm having on a, a phone call and I'm speaking to like a manager. Some if you have friends like like black friends, for example, like I do, we we kind of call it like um. How do we say it's like you're kind of, you know, putting on a posh sort of voice or you're whitening up in a way like just to kind of make yourself seem a little bit more like intellectual or socially acceptable. And Mm. I think for a lot of people, that experience can be a little bit difficult because when you're doing it, you don't really question it. But when you come back from it, sometimes it can make you feel like you're having to do something else that you wouldn't necessarily usually do to make yourself be acceptable or be seen as acceptable to achieve or or gain certain opportunities that, you know, other people, like other white people, for example, may not have to think twice about. Sometimes I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, it's okay to to be your natural self. It's okay to be proud to be black, to be un unapologetically proud to be black. It's okay to to want to wear your hair a different way, or to wear certain different clothes, or things that express you and your culture. And that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is viewed as, you know, having to shield it or hide it away in certain circumstances that will prevent you from getting opportunities. In my experience, again, it's been a balance where we've had to sort of have that understanding and play with it to your advantage. But at the same time, you know, I I don't think it's necessarily a positive way to kind of see yourself and, and really try and sell yourself to get those opportunities.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of really love the way that you phrased that because in that experience there are positives and negatives, right? I, I had the same conversation with my mom and dad when I was little. You know, I grew up in a small little town in the middle of Texas. Mm. And if you know anything about Texas, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a a challenge to say the least, and you always had to be like on your on your tiptoes you know about racism it just was something that was just existent you know it just existed and you just had to kind of grow up feeling like you were always on the offensive but I think yeah yeah, there's an advantage to being over prepared
1: just I'm just totally agreeing with you in the sense that you know that yeah there's certainly an advantage to to being prepared but sometimes you know it's it's a, a balance you know like 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 i sort of alluded to that you shouldn't feel like you have to neglect certain elements of who you are to to absolutely. be that to have that preparedness you know mm,
0: absolutely i mean we should just be over prepared or if we want to be an overachiever or whatever the heck we want to be we should be it based on the fact that we chose to be that mm-hmm. you know yeah. and not because we He said we it have <laughs> to, you yeah
1: know? exactly yeah
0: Yeah, but um, I think that was very apropos, very well stated. And I actually, I'm going to blow up your spot a little bit right now. (laughs) Um, I'm going to blow up Darnell's spot because I'm (laughs) a proud Black woman of a proud Black man. Mm -hmm. How about
1: that? I just (laughs) see
0: the work. I see the work that you're doing out there. And I originally found your work on the Thomson Reuters Foundation. Later on read that you started out as an editorial assistant there. And it's only been a few weeks actually, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've started kind of full on writing articles there. Topics like fashion and activism where you uh, did a piece on Vogue magazine celebrating influential Black voices and their global edition dedicated to the theme of hope, human trafficking. That's the article that I uh, first saw your work in, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the expert views, will coronavirus thwart global efforts to end human trafficking? Also, you uh, have been writing on LGBTQ plus issues, in Mm -hmm. particular, the beautiful article that you wrote, Gabon is one of the few countries in sub-Saharan Africa to decriminalize gay sex. Mm -hmm. Your topics are super timely, relevant, sincere to the core. What has your experience been as a writer? And what is like your favorite topic or, or some, you know, article that you wrote that you feel like kind of changed you in some way?
1: Oh, wow. That is a really really tough question because the articles that I write for the foundation things are are just so broad but I think at the core of each article is a story is it's a perspective you know and it's hard to kind of choose one area or one article but what I can say is that when you're writing it's a very humbling experience because you sort of go from being you know someone who's sort of never known anything about these topics um, or you know different experiences of people to suddenly becoming really immersed in them. For example one of the stories that I really enjoyed writing was there was a prison service and that sort of uh, delivering food because during the lockdown, they had like a prison restaurant where inmates could actually, you know, make and prepare food and try to, while in prison, actually try and better themselves and gain skills that they'd be able to use outside of prison. And it was when I kind of saw it, it was kind of a quirky sort of idea, and I didn't really know much about it. But once I actually spoke to someone who actually had gone through that process, and I kind of heard their stories and, and where they had come from, and how this project had transformed them it really kind of like I said made me quite humble because I think when you're working as a writer as a journalist you really have to put yourself in the shoes of other people you've really tried to ask ask the right questions and understand what's going on and when I was speaking to this woman who you know telling me about her experience and kind of talking about how she's been able to you know transform herself and kind of look to better perspectives and 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 grow as, as an individual it really made me feel like a sense of pride in the sense that you know we don't necessarily hear the stories of these people every day particularly not you know vulnerable people or people who are you know never heard of we don't necessarily get to hear what prisoners are going through or what their dreams may be and in society we kind of have that sort of that mindset where we're always kind of judging people or kind of overlooking them overlooking their you know their talents their dreams and kind of being able to put yourself in that situation where you just get to speak with someone on a one-to-one level just hear that human experience that is something that I think stories whatever you're writing whatever you know it's about that same element of just being able to hear someone just hear their their soul hear hear what they have to say and who they are and what they you know what they're about that is what I just love about stories. And, and and being able to share that with people who otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity. Like I say, it's hard to choose one thing, um, but that experience, that sort of understanding of, you know, getting to know people and your society a little better, that's what really sort of inspires me and, and makes me want to keep going.
0: The magicalness, right, of the human condition and what we don't know. You know, having an opportunity to kind of go in and, you know, people that are marginalized or oppressed or have never been given voice to. I think those stories that I'm reading through your articles are, like you said, maybe they're some of your favorite, but they're also my favorite as well. You know, <laughs> I think those things that touch you as a creator, those things that touch you as a journalist will then. Through you, through your creative process, they will touch others. I kind of want to go back a bit because we spoke uh, on a a phone call earlier about the fact that you had originally planned to go to school to become a politician and that while (laughs) traveling during your gap year at school, we don't really, well, we don't in the United States, we can on our own take a gap year, but it's not. I think that's something more that's in the UK and Europe where people are given that choice Usually our folks just kick us in the butt and they're like, go to college. (laughs) Like Right as we graduate, (laughs) we're getting that foot in the butt. I'd love for you to expand on that experience. And because I think there's a lot of youth out there and I'm not going to tell your age, but you're like, Super young, <laughs> you're like <laughs> super mature, yeah. and I feel like you're an old soul, right? That's something that moms usually say. <laughs> you're
1: an old soul, <laughs> you, <yeah>. so <laughs> but
0: I'd love for you to expand on that experience of how you got to this point.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, the gap here for me that I took was oh, there's so many elements of it that just really changed my life and, and I don't say that really loosely I, I genuinely, genuinely mean that because first of all taking a gap year isn't always easy like you said yourself you know a lot of my friends a lot of kind of people in society generally like teachers and things might not always encourage you to do a gap year and sometimes I feel like unless you're unless teachers or whoever really kind of believe that you're going to utilize your time a lot of people don't really encourage it and I think for me that was a little bit of a fight because I was you know really toying with the idea like oh do I go straight to university do I just like focus myself and just try and get this career and you know boom boom and and push on with that or do I take that risk and really try and give myself you know a bit more of a worldly experience and I did decide to take that risk and it wasn't easy because you know I had to save like for the better half of two years just to you know do that experience but you know when I got my first job I was determined I was like you know what no I don't care you know how long it's going to take me I want this experience I want to do this um and I want to you know try and get to know myself and know what I want a bit more because I don't know how it is necessarily in the states but in the UK um and probably in other places too like a lot of the time when you're about to kind of graduate or go to university um it's very like I say very streamlined it's like okay, you do this, you do a, you do B and you know then you get a job and then you do this and you get promotion you have' you go get married and all of that that you know traditional thing and I think for me there wasn't necessarily where I was kind of being educated always that opportunity to you know think a little bit outside you know of that outside of actually trying to you know just conform to what everyone else was doing and so I decided that you know I really wanted to pursue my love of travel I wanted to get to know other people I wanted to kind of experience what you know other people were going through and so I decided to volunteer for two months with an organization called Rally International and I went to Tanzania to basically run a small sort of business development project because in Tanzania there's a lot of what we call rural to urban migration and so that often leaves a lot of communities quite vulnerable in in rural areas because there isn't sort of any economic development there isn't any sort of you know really support there economically for people to actually grow and develop this project was really to actually start getting young entrepreneur well young and old actually entrepreneurs kind of trained up looking at you know how to develop business how to create you know sustainable business that will actually benefit them and also go on to benefit their community going there oof, it was a really crazy experience in the sense that the culture was so different you know the language barriers everything was really different but one thing that I really did kind of love about the experience is just the fact that I could be somewhere and actually feel like I was contributing to something a bit bigger and like you said there was a part in my life where I did want to go down politics because you know I think I've always had this passion in my in or this desire in my heart to want to give something back to people or want to you know be a figurehead to sort of you know give people that sense of you know representation and at first I did think you know politics might have been that for me but when I sort of kind of had this experience in Tanzania and I got to kind of see what people were doing and on the ground it made me think that I kind of want to do something that's a bit more connected to people you know and and that's not to say that politicians aren't like that these days there are many good politicians who are out there doing lots of great stuff but for me i wanted to do something that was a bit more closer, more sort of ground roots level and at this point i i still didn't really know where i wanted to go exactly but i just knew that you know perhaps politics in especially like in the uk with parliament and everything like that i I knew that it wasn't necessarily going to be for me. So in that in that sense it really did sort of change my perspective and changed the way I started thinking because like I said had I just gone straight from my secondary school onto university I definitely wouldn't have even considered trying to do something different. I would have just gone straight through politics and maybe figured out much later down the line that you know I didn't like it but actually giving myself that time to really explore and get to see what the world had to offer and get to experience the you know the gifts of you know, different cultures, different languages. I think I really gained a lot from that and it kind of helped transform my, my way of, you know, thinking and, and seeing the world around me. That's
0: so great. I mean, I, I wish that in our culture in the US that it was, uh, <laughs> that parents could appreciate that perspective a little bit more because I think we kind of get stuck in that mindset of, you know, you have to do A, B, C and D to be successful. And it's like this formulaic thing
1: Mm. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you know, especially being a black person, you know, <laughs> I can imagine yeah. with parents, you know, <laughs> they want their kids to do well, you know, they want them to go I, to yeah. they want, so I, I can un- completely understand that perspective as well. Um, but yeah. I think the important thing is to also not be afraid not to conform, you know, to follow. yeah. yeah. A passion to follow, a desire, even if you don't know what that's gonna be, but just give yourself that chance, that space to really just get to know yourself, get to know what you want to do and who you who who you want to sort of be in this world.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with that. I think, you know, in my own experience, I my gap year really was like my modeling career, mm. which. Ended up taking over, you know, but my parents, I I made this kind of deal with them where I'm like, okay, well, I'll travel, I'll go to Europe for the time period of a semester, and then I'll come back and I'll do a semester because I had an academic scholarship and they didn't want me to give that up. Mm -hmm. And I, I completely... I thought that was a great compromise, but then I ended up giving it up (laughs) at the end of the day when I was modeling and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I was just having a ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. Having an opportunity to make my own choices as I mature a little bit and see more of the world, I think that's a great, it's a great advantage, you know, to have. From that perspective as well, and you moving into journalism, I did in the intro, I called you a renaissance man because you do so many daggone things and you do them so well. (laughs) You are an influencer, photographer, podcast presenter, filmmaker. Uh, You know, I know that when I first created the platform for beauty for freedom and I wanted to do all of these things and it wasn't like, I just wanted to throw a bunch of stuff up against the wall and say, okay, now what works we'll stick with. No, I really wanted to do everything. I wanted to, you know, bringing all my personal experiences, the art, photography, Hmm. trauma-informed care, art therapy, multimedia projects. Everybody was telling me, you know what, Monica, you just need to focus. I began to really hate that (laughs) word. It used to make Uh like little devil horns come out of my head. (laughs) 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 Stick to one thing, do it well.
1: Yeah, You know,
0: I raged against that. How do you sort of like resolve yourself to the fact that you can do all of these things and kind of find balance in your life
1: the thing is uh I'm not gonna lie to you I'm still trying to find that balance you know (laughs) that balance is sort of hard like you say when you're doing all these things but one thing that I can say is that I think Because you know I'm still quite early in my career, having the opportunity to get to do these different things, look at different formats, you know, using different forms of media to to use storytelling and hear different perspectives. You know, it's something that just giving you a better understanding, like I say, of where you wish to go and kind of you know what you want to bring to the world. And I think for me, what I think so kind of great about you know what I'm doing in terms of the journalism is that with journalism it's such a broad format in the sense that you know you can do podcasts you can do radio tv you can write it's it's just such a multifaceted sort of field and I think that's what I really love about it and you know it's not easy because I think particularly nowadays with journalism you can't just be just a podcast host or just a filmmaker like a lot of the time you have to be doing all of these things to sort of get your voice out there and show people different stories and reach people in different ways and I think that is a good thing as well because you know there are some people who perhaps might not be so interested in reading articles but you know they'll definitely sit down and watch a vlog for 20 minutes or something and and that's a a way again to tell stories but in a really sort of uh inclusive way where you can get lots of people to kind of understand and immerse them in, in different experiences so you know it, it's not easy it's not something that um <laughs> i i can say i'm, I'm definitely perfect at because you know i'm learning every day honestly there is there's is still so much that i don't know and that i you know have to learn and i think kind of being able to understand that is also you know gift in a way to 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 understand that there's there's still so much to to understand it's just good to be able to not always have to focus as you said on on just one thing it's it's good to kind of you know branch out and like I say just have different experiences and and try to approach things in different ways too
0: yeah I I love that I mean I I feel like we're on that same kind of wavelength you know I always say to myself the journey is the lesson you know and just to be Mm -hmm. able to take that step to the next step to the next step and maybe you know what maybe we mess up maybe we screw up you know along the way but it. guess what I mean that's how we learn and we're better and we I'm even grateful for all those screw-ups you know
1: yeah all those really you, you learn more from the screw-up oh, than yeah. the successes exactly. I believe it's
0: me it's like all those damn bad yeah. choices <laughs>
1: Mm, yeah, yeah yeah I you know you never know, never to do that again <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't forget the bad choices so a lot of times you yeah. forget the good ones but you don't forget the bad ones you know yeah yeah so I let's
1: say it. it's about a learning experience yeah
0: absolutely and that that part of the part of the journey and what is the next part of your journey creatively like where are you going uh on your journey right now oh again that's a these are hard questions <laughs> right? I didn't say I, did. <laughs> I, it was gonna be fun, I didn't say it was gonna be easy I said it was gonna be fun I didn't say it was gonna be
1: easy okay yeah uh, I'll I'll give you that one I'll give you that one yeah my next uh, part of my journey oh well I would say for the time being I really want to focus on my filmmaking as you know I Got a documentary vlog sort of project going on at the moment called Black in Colombia, where we're sort of looking at the different kind of cultural perspectives of Black people, the different Black experiences of that community in Colombia. So I want to be doing more video projects around that, kind of doing sort of more documentary work where I can actually speak to more vulnerable people, people who are going through experiences that, again, not many people actually know about. But also, you know, I really. I do love radio. I do love podcasting. And I think that's one passion that's not going to change for a while. So I think keeping up those two is definitely where I'm going to try and head for the the near future, at least.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, I love... The video log or the vlog, Black and Colombian. We talked about that before. You know what inspired you to create this? And of course, I already told you. I think it, this can expand. You know, there could be a big expansion just with this ideology and thought process. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what what inspired you to create that series? And also. You know, what have you learned from the experience of traveling in Colombia and seeing what it is to be black in Colombia?
1: For me, it was seeing a community that was forgotten. And, you know, you see things every day. You see things that you're so used to seeing that they sort of fade into the background and they're unnoticed. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: how I felt the experience in Colombia was for me when I visited, because I went there for the first time when I was, um, I think it was a couple of years ago now, I was actually out there doing an internship working with this foundation who was helping people to grow food sustainably um, and looking at different ways of empowering people who had been impacted by the civil war that's been in kind of enraging Colombia for the, the sort of past almost, I think, about 60, 70 years now. So it's quite a while back. When you go to, um, you know, a new place, you're looking for people who look like you, you know? And me, obviously, being a, a Black person, I'd heard that there were Black people in Colombia, but I didn't really know about them. Do you know what I mean? I I, I saw them and I was like, okay, that's cool, but why haven't I heard about them? You know, why, why haven't the media t- told me that, you know, Black people exist in this country? And I was just like... Now, i want I want I want to get to know more about that. And so when I came back the next year, I landed there in Colombia, and it just clicked to me. Something came back, and I was just like, you know what? I've had some experience because by that time I could finish like my first second year at uni and I'd been like kind of videoing for a while. I was like, I've had some experience. Why don't I just try go out with my camera?" and see what I can find let me speak to some black people let me let me just hear what they have to say and it just so happened that you know when I actually started speaking to people and actually doing more research I found that a lot of sort of issues within the black community were about the marginalization and that's where I kind of again allude to a lot of black people in that community and I'm sure in many other parts of Latin America as well are not necessarily a part of the fabric of, of a country and what I mean by that is that you know when you go to a lot of these afro-descendant areas where a lot of the, the black people are you know you see the level of development compared to different areas in Colombia like Bogota or or Medellin where you know, there's a mix of people when you go to Choco which is the department of Colombia that has the highest density of black people in the country even just to get there you have to go through these thick forests these huge mountain ranges often like with lots of you know landslides floods it's like they're just completely separated from the, the the rest of the country and then when you go and you see sort of the quality of life that people are you know enduring not being able to you know drink clean water or you know relying on on rainwater to, to drink or you know bathe themselves just really question like wow how how is this going on now in this century and how is it that this is allowed to go on whilst other people in the very same country aren't feeling this this sort of oppression and for the most part are kind of apathetic towards it or know nothing about it
0: it's a beautiful series i love it so much and i think that a lot of people you're going to find a lot of people love this series because it is a perspective that's very rarely spotlighted. We exist everywhere. Mm -hmm. We are Mm -hmm. everywhere. There it is.
1: There it is. But
0: you know, we're we're everywhere that we are, we also face oppression and marginalization and poverty and, you know, all of these things mm -hmm. which are very sad ties that bind us, right? As a community globally. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that what you're doing, like giving voice to these people from every aspect of the culture of mm. you know black people in Colombia, is really, really insightful and it's so important Thank you, you know
1: and and on yeah. that note, I also just want to say as well that you know as well as the sort of you know more probably perhaps the negative things, one thing that I really as well hope to share as well as and as well in the blog but is also more generally is that you know, although there is like sort of oppression, there is that element of celebration as well. And like you said, you know, we are everywhere in the world and although we have faced, you know, a lot of injustice, there is still that fighting spirit that we have. There's still that celebration for who we are, that in the sense of the culture and sense of language and sense of, you know, clothing. Those those elements are just as important to remember as well to to empower us and not always to focus on on you know like i said the injustices or bad things that have happened to us and and that's one thing that i also kind of hope to show in in the vlog as well that you know there are many beautiful things to see in black culture there are many beautiful aspects to to witness and to to kind of you know immerse yourself in as well
0: absolutely. I um yeah, it's thank you so much for sharing that and thank you for creating such a beautiful series, you know. So <laughs> the rest of us can share your experience and almost walk a mile in your shoes with you. I love that medium and that platform of the video log, you know, I think it's brilliant and you're doing it really really well, so you should be really proud of yourself. You, yeah, you. absolutely. And what advice can you give other young people. I mean, you're still extremely young yourself, but (laughs) I know it's like an old fogey kind of a question. Like what advice would you give like young people? now? But people that, you know, young people that want to get into journalism or that want to get into filmmaking or that want to do the things that you're doing, you know, you, you in essence can be that trailblazer that's kind of like knocking down doors so that their pathways can be a bit easier coming behind you as well. What advice do you give to them? I
1: think, firstly, it's about being fearless and also not being afraid to, to try, as I said before, new things and to really go for something. If you have a passion or you have a talent you have something to share to the world no matter what that talent may be people sometimes might not always look at it as favorable or something that is you know worthy of praise but if that's something that you love and that you enjoy just do it you know and do it with your heart do it with passion and a love and I think that will take you really far but having that drive and that reason, every time you face those drawbacks, every time, because we all do, you know, every time you face those challenges and those days where people question, like, why are you doing that? Or what's the reason for you doing that? And you question yourself, your own ability. Remember that your passion and your love for something is what's going to make you become the star, essentially, that you want to be. Your passion or your love is what's going to kind of get you through those hard times and make you sort of bring that gift to the world because no one else can and you know as I always like to say this quote as Mozart said the greatest flautist was never heard there's always doubts along the way that make people that kind of stop people from pursuing their dreams but just remember that doubt is the biggest killer of dreams and that's even more than than failure.
0: I love that advice I am wholeheartedly agree with you on that one Darnell I really do and you know how can people support your work? How can they follow your journey? How can they, you know, be a part of it? How can people stay connected to you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm quite active on, uh, you know, the social media. So, Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Darnell Christie. Also, I've got my podcast, Darnell Response. you can't miss me. (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying to diversify as much as I can. YouTube, socials, everything. So, just Darnell Christie. You're you're bound to find me somewhere.
0: (laughs) I'd like to thank Darnell Christie for joining us today. Please support Darnell's podcast vlog and articles by following him on social media for up-to-date news about his travels and upcoming projects. Support him by following his work on social media, on Instagram, it's at Darnell underscore Christie, And we'll also include all of these links in the episode notes for this podcast. Now please subscribe to Breaking Distance. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Simplecast, and on our website, beautyforfreedom.org. Follow us on social, on Facebook and Instagram. We're at beautyforfreedom, all spelled out. And on Twitter, we're at beauty, the number four, freedom. Stay tuned for upcoming Breaking Distance episodes. We look forward to bringing you more thought-provoking, sincere, and transparent programming soon. Thank you so much.
1: Breaking distance, connecting communities, igniting change.